I just felt like <laughs> in my drunken delirium, <laughs> I, I was, I'll try to be coherent today, okay? Yeah, and, and I get grace, right, because I didn't get to bed till like 5.30. And then I got up at 11.30, which was enough sleep. Come on, I should be all right. Be all right. But I had asked Erin, our friend, Erin Bovat, from Vermont. Come on, she's, she's from Vermont. So we have Vermont, come on, representing today. And, sh and I just walked by. I said, Erin's preaching. And uh, she said, I will. And I said, are you coming? She goes, I wasn't planning on it, but I'll come. And I just, I just asked her to share for a few minutes. And then I've, I've got some, I didn't expect I was going to have anything, to be honest. That's why I kind of threw it out there for her to take. And, um, and she did. But I'm, I'm going to just let her share what the Lord's been speaking to her for a few minutes. And then I'm going to share something because I feel like it's, it's going to kind of be, it's going to help all the things that we've heard today and uh, what's happened over the weekend. And, and God has strategy for us as a body and as a region. And so just get ready. Put your seatbelts on because I think it's going to continue to just get better. Amen. So just give Aaron a big welcome. This table's taller than me. <laughs> just kidding. Um, um, thanks for having me. So I am from Vermont, but if you, you can hear my accent. I'm not really from Vermont, but my family is, so. That, I just want to clear up that confusion because sometimes people get stuck on that. No distractions. <laughs> okay, so this morning when I woke up, I was kind of asking the Lord, you know, I'm like, if Miles is really serious about this, I need something to, to share. And uh, it's kind of weird. I haven't really been up and preached or taught anything in a, like this since right before COVID. So everything's kind of still shut down, and the little church I go to in Newport, we sit in a circle and kind of glean from one another. So, Okay, so the Lord gave me Colossians 2.19, and um, I just want to give God thanks for this weekend, first of all, because we enter into his courts with thanks and praise and thanksgiving, right? And I'm just so thankful for this weekend because there was so much that was opened up to all of us and there was so much that was deposited. And, and I know from a standpoint of sometimes when so much gets deposited, we're like, what are we supposed to do with this, right? Where do we go from this? Because Monday we have life as usual, right? And so I think the Lord was hearing all of these questions, like, where do I go from here? You, you have all this excitement from the weekend and We've gone to conferences before, right, and we're like, oh, yes, and then Monday hits, and we're, like, screaming at our kids to get ready, and we're worried about bills, and we're pushing it to Friday, and, you know, it's just, we, we forget what we got, what we, what we caught, and so the Lord really wants to talk to us about this today, and so I'm going to read some, uh, some scripture, and it's kind of lengthy, but I want you all to kind of all enter into that seer realm and see it like a movie, so this translation, you're not going to, you don't, nobody in here probably has this Bible with them today. It's the mirror translation. And uh, I'm going to start with Colossians 2.19, but then I'm going to go back up to the beginning because I want you all to understand why I'm reading this. So Colossians 2.19, and you can make notes in your Bible with what this says compared to what your translation says. It says, 
you are directly connected to Christ who, like a choir conductor, draws out the music in everyone, like a tapestry of art that intertwines in harmony to reveal the full stature of the divine inspiration, which is Christ in you. You're a word out of heaven. He sings over us continuously until we start releasing his sound. And that sound is his love. And he's asking us, just release my love in everything that you do. Right? And so we're like, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do you, God, you've given me so much. How do I do this? And he's like, Bob Jones, have you learned to love? I mean, we're always pulling from Bob, aren't we? I come, I come from that stream. And so it's what do you, what do you love? What are you focused on? What are you allowing to distract you? What are you allowing to push you over the edge? And so I'm going to go back up to the beginning, and I am going to skip a couple of verses because they're important, but they don't have to do with what we're talking about today. So we're going to go back up to Colossians 2, 3. The point is for everyone's heart to be awakened to their own true identity, stepping into the pace that love and value, love is value. What are we placing value on? Sets. This will launch you into a life of knowing the wealth of every conclusion and joint witness hidden within the mystery of God. He fathered us and revealed us again in Christ. The whole of the original logic of your life is preserved in him. He is the authentic and intelligent source of every treasure that wisdom and knowledge holds. I want to say it in such a way that nobody will be able to lead you to an inferior conclusion that distracts again from the revelation of the mystery of Christ in you. I'm going to read that one again. I want to say it in such a way that no one will be able to lead you to an inferior conclusion that distracts you again from the revelation of the mystery of Christ in you by bending your mind with clever words. Words. They're so powerful. They're so powerful, right? I'd really rather somebody hit me than say something mean to me. My physical absence does not distant me from you spiritually. So Paul's writing this to the church. I rejoice to witness that your discipline and practical lifestyle does not distract you you from the simplicity of your faith, confidence in Christ. All of that flows from the fruits of the Spirit. It's so important we operate in the fruits of the Spirit. Your daily walk is no different from that initial embrace when you first understood your divine association with him. Just like the roots of a tree draw your sustenance and strength from him, now you're displayed like a building rising up out of its foundation in his full stature, firm in your faith posture, standing tall in his shoes. The language of gratitude that overflows from your lips reflects the exact expression of what you were taught. Out of the heart. Make sure that you become no one's victim through intellectualism and meaningless speculation, molded in traditions and reputations, repetitions according to a man's cosmic cult code and superstitions and not consistent with Christ. There's so much going on right now. There's so much that we can complain about. There's so much, you know, vaccination versus no vaccination, mass versus no mass, Republicans versus Democrats. And we get pulled down and entangled into this stuff that we're supposed to rise above and rule and reign, co-rule and reign 
about. And so when you're, when you're arguing with somebody over their, what they believe in versus what you believe in, is there a love in that? Thank you. And we have to look at it. I'm not saying tolerate it, but I'm saying Jesus only did what he saw his father do. He only did what he heard his father do. And if we're not getting anything to say from heaven, then we have nothing to say. And I think that that's a really good lesson to learn. And that's where we see the supernatural start popping because we're not bringing in all that low frequency. You are in Christ, which means that his death represents your true circumcision. Sin's authority associated with every carnal sin in the human body was stripped off you like filthy garments. We've got to come out of these mindsets that we're filthy. We've got to come out of these mindsets that we can't do it because of this in our life and that in our life. If you heard my testimony, you would say, well, she is a rolling dumpster fire. But God, (laughs) he set it on fire and he refined it. And that's no longer who I am. So we walk out. We have consequences, right? We walk them out. But it aligns us. He knew what was going to happen. And he was going to push us where we needed to go no matter what. If you were at the conference, Jeremy even said he wrote, he read his Bible as a superstition before games. But it got the word in him. God's going to do what he has to do to push you where you're supposed to be. If you're not going to listen, he's going to be like, well, you can do it your way, but I'm still putting you where I want you. Right? Thank you, God. (laughs) You were once spiritually dead, as demonstrated in the constant failure and being bound to a lifestyle ruled by corrupt desires of the flesh. But now God has made you alive together with Him, having forgiven all your failures. When I'm struggling, I remember that I died with Christ, was buried with Christ, but I rose with Christ also. Right? When it says He died for your disease, He died for your sin, it's because you were in Him when it happened, before the foundations of the earth and the world. So then suddenly, so as his body's nailed to the cross, hung there as a documented receipt, documented receipt. We have a documented receipt that our sins are covered, our diseases are covered. We have to change our minds more than anything. A lot of times when I'm praying for people, I'm like, just change your mind and say you're healed. And all of a sudden, it it loosens its hold because... What it is, is this illusion. It's a trickery. It's a play on, it's a play on light. It's a play on light. It's a, the wrong shadowing, the wrong overshadowing. So he deleted the details of a record of mankind's guilt. So there is your guilt, your sin has been deleted. You're the one that keeps bringing it back in. Your mind. Our minds are so powerful. I always tell myself, and when my mind wants to start going, I'm like, mine, you're a good servant, but you're a poor master. My spirit rules this body, and Holy Spirit hovers over it. We have to remind ourselves, body, you're a great servant, but you are a poor master. You do not dictate how I feel. Come on, truth dictates who we feel, how we feel. So suddenly, satanic powers and principalities lost all ground to continue to blackmail the human race. When you think about it that way, blackmail the human race, he does that. Think about what blackmail is. It works on guilt. It works on shame. It works on wanting to keep a secret. We want to keep secrets all the time. We don't want to confess our sins to one another, bring it into the light so we can be done with it and get help from it. We want to say, oh, they're going to shame us. They're going to condemn us. They're not going to think that I'm, that I'm worthy of my position in their life. 
And if that's who they are, then that's not who you need to be around anyway. So you need to hightail it out there. Don't let anyone, therefore, bring any restriction to your freedom again by reviving religious rules and regulations pertaining to eating and drinking. And we know that one. So there's only... These things were only prophetic shadows. Christ is the substance. So all of the Old Testament is a prophetic shadow, is a foreshadowing of what was to come, the greatest light, the greater light, the ultimate light. So I just want to read into, I want to read a couple more, and then I want to tell you all the word that I got from this weekend because it all goes, it's, I love how, you know, imagine that we hear from God. <laughs> right, Callie? We hear from God. How do we do that? <laughs> so um, I'm going to go down into these. Okay. Pursue with diligence the consequence of your co-inclusion with Christ. Everybody, nobody likes the word consequence, but I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, everything you do has a consequence, good or bad. Consequence is not a bad word. It's just where have you gotten it from? relocate yourself mentally like Paul's literally telling these people you've got to relocate yourself mentally you've got to change your mind you've got to believe the truth you've got to get it in you it's got to be a seed planted in multiple places we're three dimensions so it has to be a good seed in each dimension so that we can go into the further realms there's actually 12 dimensions to go into so his resurrection co-raised you with the same position of authority seated in the strength of God's right hand. So if you're seated at God's right hand, then what, everything else is your footstool. Every issue is your footstool. Kings don't beg, right? Sons don't beg. Sons that have a rich father, they don't beg. Stop begging for finances. Start asking for wisdom. Come on. Stop begging for healing. Start declaring, I am healed. I was healed when I was raised from the dead with Jesus Christ. So we got to start speaking these truths over us because we can't walk into the authority of these mantles if we're still, we can't even, we can't even see healing for ourselves. You, you want a healing mantle, but you're, you're not healed. Why? Well, we got to figure that out. You know, you want, you want an anointing to make wealth, but you're still begging for income. You're still struggling every day. And so we got to start asking ourselves the hard questions. We got to start walking out of these man-made patterns and start inserting ourselves into the pattern that we were born again into. It's ours. We were born when you're born to somebody, you belong to that, right? Your your parents, you're born to your parents, your moms and dads. Well, now you're born again and you're grafted into the vine. You've got you got your heavenly father's blood. You're not under the generational curses. You're under the generational blessings. We got to start remembering that, right? Abraham's sons, they didn't beg for food, right? So why are we begging for food? So becoming effectually acquainted with the throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly soul-ruled realm. Your union with his death broke the association with that world. And the secret of your life is now the fact that you're wrapped up, wrapped up in Christ God. Every time Christ is revealed in our life, we are being co-revealed in the same manner. Likeliness and image of God being united together with him. That kind of ends the what does God look like, right? He looks like love reigning the earth. So what the Lord was speaking to me was there's a fine-tuning happening over us that from this weekend. And if you were there this weekend, you understand. And, and another great word is recalibration. He's recalibrating us. He's fine-tuning us. 
And so this happens each time that we pray in the spirit. We pray in tongues. It happens as we're worshiping in spirit and truth. It happens as we listen to the worship. It happens as we do what we've been anointed to do. So if you're anointed to make money, that's your worship. That's your pleasing fragrance to the king because it carries that obedience. If you're anointed to write, that's your frequency. That's your sound. That's what's releasing. That's that's your that's your fine tuning. It's your worship. Because so many people ask, like, I don't know how to worship. I said, well, then you don't know your sonship yet. You don't know what you were truly created to be. Because if you were created to work as a cashier at McDonald's, then favor is going to flow from that. You're not going to you're not going to want like most people want. There's going to be a love there. You're going to touch each person that comes through. If you're anointed to clean, then that's your worship to the Lord. Do it in excellence. I know people that started cleaning one house and now they have multiple people working for them because the Lord told them to go clean while their kids were in school. And they didn't say, I'm not cleaning a toilet. They said, well, Lord, if this is going to be my extra money, if this is going to be how I can sow into your kingdom, I'm going to go do it. And we're so afraid to get our hands dirty. So it happens as you speak, as you take care of each aspect of your life. Do it in love. Yeah, we're human, but we actually have the capacity to come out of the human capabilities. I'm so tired of people going, well, we're human. That only works for a minute. Because the old things pass away, and that's part of the realm that passes away. I mean, even your skin falls off by the second. I mean, let's think about it. It's, it's, the, it's the soulish realm of thinking about things. So there's a fine-tuning happening as we figure out how to take in this supernatural weekend. And so we want to apply it right. We want to put, put our lives into it, not put it into our lives. So your question is, how can I apply my life to what the Lord has spoken over me this weekend? That's like your most important question to the Lord right now. We're to occupy every facet of the earth until Jesus comes back. Not everybody's meant to hold the microphone. You know, not everybody's meant to be the CEO of everything. But where you're meant to be is where the river of God is going to flow in your life. Because that's where the throne is going to be. The throne of God is going to be planted in your life. So, one of the things the Lord showed me is this weekend he released the spirit of might over everybody. And that there's a plowing that's gone ahead of you. And there's angelic forces around you. But you know, I really feel like angels are kind of like Holy Spirit. We can offend them pretty easily. They're like, well, I don't have to stay here. This isn't actually what my job is. There are co-workers or co-laborers. You know, when you get snippy with your co-workers, they're like, oh, not helping them anymore. I'm going to make their life a little bit more difficult. You know, I'm not going to give them that grace. Angels are our co-workers. And I don't know, I'm, when you feel that grace lift, right? You felt that grace lift before when you get snippy with somebody or whatever. It's because you've offended heaven also. That's not love. And so in this, as you're doing this, okay, as, as you're loving, as you're walking in what you're supposed to be, as the spirit of might's coming and plow on the ground for you and pushing things out of the way, you're going to see your sonship position in a different way. Everybody in here is going to have a new re revelation of sonship, no matter how firmly you're planted in that sonship. And you're going to see your position you're going to see where you're seated. You're not going to be a beggar, a complainer, a criticizer, a whiner, or, and as a woe is me position, that victimhood is being pushed off, right? 
And he's going to lift us out, and he's going to turn our ashes into beauty, our mourning into joy, and he's going to take our grave clothes off. But he's sending his spirit of might to those who have grasped a higher level of understanding, which can only be begotten through his Holy Spirit. So last night, Jeremy gave me the scripture, Isaiah 11.3. That's Isaiah 11.3. There's a sound in everything that we do. And Yahweh is asking, will you be my word out of heaven? Will your actions be my sound out of heaven? And will your obedience release my sound to the heavens? Will we be the sound of his love? So all we got to do is say, God, will you send, will you fill me with the sound of your love? What does that look like? What does that look like, Lord? And mostly it looks like dying to self. Dying to what we think something should have looked like. Dying to what we thought we wanted. I know that's the antithesis of what's been taught the past five or six years. God's desires are your desires. (laughs) That's great, and they are. But there's a higher level. There's a dying to self because as being a son, you're a servant. So, Lord, we just thank you. We just ask that you send us out that you show us more about this that you show us more about our identity and our sonship father we thank you that we are your word out of heaven we thank you that you sing over us i thank you right now that you're depositing wisdom and understanding and revelation in those that have been praying for it creative miracles are abounding in this new truth we rebuke and bind the illusions of the enemy over our minds in jesus name and we thank you, Father, that your sound is going to go out and resonate in this, in this tri-state area. In this tri-state area. And it's always going to point back to you. We thank you that everything we do points back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all. Really good. Really deep take it we're gonna just transition a little more but kind of on the same wavelength okay uh, maybe just you can just jump in your Bibles maybe n- I'm just gonna hit numbers 13 and I I just there were some things that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me I as I was traveling, <laughs> taking Jeremy to lunch, and we were traveling back, he didn't prophesy to me in front of everyone. He prophesied to me in the truck. It was pretty, it was dangerous. <laughs> yeah, so he's prophesying to me one thing, and then he says, call Aaron, which is our, our mutual friend. He says, I have a word for him. And so I call Aaron on the phone, and then he begins to prophesy to Aaron about an inheritance. And it's something that connected with what I saw on Friday night. And if I'm speaking to you and you're here and you weren't there Friday night, it's okay. I'll just kind of go over what I saw. Uh, But I I just felt like even in what Aaron just brought, even what Lisa brought earlier, it all ties together. And it's the one thing that Jesus has something he has prepared for us. The most amazing thing is that he lives inside of you. That is the most amazing thing. You can't, there's nothing else that that we really need, that he himself is inside of you. If you're a blood-bought child, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, he is inside of you, living, dwelling, desiring you to step into your inheritance. And I'm just going to speak about our inheritance for a minute. 
because there was a couple things that was said that he sparked inside of me that was for Aaron. And I'm in the truck, and he's prophesying to Aaron. And I'm like, I'm taking all of this. I'm trying to drive with one hand, and I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm taking it. And I, I said that to Aaron. I said, if you're not taking this, I am. Aaron says, take it, and I'll take it too. And so there's something that the Lord wants to reveal, and he did reveal. I saw this angel come right at the beginning when we gathered. I saw the, the angel came, and he just rolled the scroll down the middle aisle of that sanctuary at the, at the school, and it unfolded, and I saw all the scrolls, and it, was, it had all of our inheritance. It had the rights to our inheritance on it. That's what I saw. And as it opened up, Opened up at the end, it began to fold open and began to release fire all across the front of that place. And I believe it wasn't just for us. Listen, as we host these things and these people come through, that's our house. I'm greedy. I grab it. We grab it. People in the, we have a team in this place that's grabbing it. But I encourage you, come out, be a part of these things because there was such a massive miracle movement last night. Uh, there was metal coming out just being melted out of people's bodies like tangible things and i had not seen anyone working miracles like that since like lakeland and, and actually jeremy's a son that came out of lakeland but the reality is there was such power movement last night that i'm like god i'm taking that we're taking that and you should take it too that you want to move in it and you, you want to keep it. And it doesn't just, as, as Aaron, as Lisa said earlier, it doesn't just fade away. It doesn't just go off into la-la now next week because you go to work and because all of a sudden you got to get back to reality. Reality is Christ in you with the hope of glory. And so I want to encourage us with this out of Numbers 13 because there is such truth. And I know it's Old Testament, but again, it's the shadow. It's a shadow of what God wants us to do. And, and I, want you to I want to tell you to look at your neighbor and say it's worth it all. It's going to be worth everything as we continue to press in. And there are giants, giants, there may be giant doors. I like the three keys. Where'd you find these keys? I was like, she's got, I would say to, I was back, I'm back with Collins here. I'm like, where'd she get those keys? We need three more on here. Yeah, but I, I, there was something even talked about the keys when we were having lunch, and I'm, I'm greedy to find and gather all the keys of New England and put them in one room and let's pray. I don't, they, people don't have, they, can, they don't have to give them all to us. I feel like they know, you know, just want them all on the gauntlet and just, come on, Lucy Revival, Awakening. I know, Thanos is like death, but the, rea the reality is this is how I'm thinking, like God wants to give us the inheritance, End game. Snap. And all the, you know, powers of darkness disappear and evaporate. Yeah, come on. That's when Jesus shows up. But I, I realize this, that God wants to give us keys to open up into our inheritance. And there are giants in the land, but the fruit is worth it. The grapes are bigger than you. The fruit is larger than you can imagine. And I, I really feel like as, as and I, I, pro, I really feel like Anthony had texted me probably one in the morning, something like that. I don't know. I can't. It all got fuzzy after 2 a.m., you know. But he had texted me. He goes, I think that was the best one yet. 
And though it was the, the, the least, you know, the fewest attended, it was the best. There was so much juice, man, last night. Man, last night was just. And so I'm, I'm like, God, that's not leaving. We're keeping that. And so I want us to step into this because they were spies, right? They were sent out. It was 12. Ha, the apostolic sent out. Two came back with a good report. The other 10, not so good, right? I mean, that's how it went. And that's, that's why we need to get upon the side of the Lord. You can't, it was already said, we, we can't stay on the side that's complaining and whining about everything that's happening in the earth. No. God says, pick up the key and begin to step into it and begin to do what I, what I showed you was good fruit in the land. I showed you the giants, and you know they're there, so you just have to go in and conquer. That's why he's created you as more than a conqueror. That means a conqueror is like low level to you. You're more than a conqueror. Do you understand that? And we have to grab hold of that, that the power of heaven inside of us is way bigger than that which is activated in the world. And I saw something released today. I saw, it's funny, Jeremy said to me, he goes, I, bro, I sat before the Lord and the Lord gave me a sword. He gave him a sword the night before that he gave to you. <laughs> and then tonight I saw him give me a, 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 a scepter right there. And so I believe that's going to be given away before the end of the night. But the reality is, I, I, there's more. There's more scepters. He wants you to rule and reign in this time and in this season. Because God is preparing us. And actually, he's already prepared you to step into the land. Step into the inheritance. There is, you get the full right of what's rolling down the middle aisle of this place. Because God has written, and he's written your name in the book of life, number one. But he's written everything. Everything's scrolled over your life. He's given to us. And now it's all, I saw it on one scroll. It wasn't all these little scrolls. This is what I want to tell you. There wasn't just, oh, scroll for you, scroll for you, scroll for you. No, it was one anthem of a scroll for everyone to step into. And it was burning with fire. And that tells me that the flame of heaven is on it. And, and, and honestly, the angelic is just amped up. So, Aaron, I, Aaron, I totally, completely, too many Aaron's, Aaron's. She loves me anyway. I realized this, that the, that the angelic activity has been notched up. Because when I went in that place, I'm telling you, it was a little, little groggy at first when we got in there. But when, as things progressed, God began to come on, amplify. And here we own the atmosphere. It's easy. Right? We own the atmosphere in here. So two days in there, by the end of the night, come on, we were, and I, yeah, shaka. <laughs> and I was blessed because I, I just felt like so much of what God is dispensing right now was delivered in the last couple of days. I feel like there was a yes on God's part and on God's behalf on what he wants to do in the region. And, and actually, Jay, <laughs> I'm going to the airport, sleep depraved, and, and Jeremy's still prophesying to me. I'm like, bro. He's like, bro, you got like Antioch there. It's like Antioch. He goes, most churches are like Jerusalem. The people just come and they stay and they sit. He goes, you're Antioch. You guys are Antioch. They come in, they get equipped, and they get sent. And that doesn't mean that everyone leaves, but it means that people come in, they land. It's like, a, it's like, a, it's like I, all I saw was like the Denver airport. And I know there's some weird things with Denver airport. But 
people coming in into the mountains, into the valley, and it's a safe place, and then launching up out of there. And God is wanting to us to understand that he has something for each one in this place. And it's a corporate thing that he wants to release. And even in the midst of having probably five of the six there last night, I believe that. So if you're in this place and you leave here, take it. Take what I'm saying tonight because it goes home with you. It leaves with you. It goes to Massachusetts. It goes to Vermont. It goes to New Hampshire. It goes to Maine. And somehow we're all connected together anyway because we are the body. We are the living body of Christ. We walk together. We're, we're to absolutely run together and God is trying to bring that unity together and, and, and there is an inheritance that God's trying to unlock in the land. So I say this, do not be afraid of the giants. I didn't even read a scripture. You want to read something? My goodness. No, I just, there are some things in here that I want you to just look at. it. In verse uh, 17, Moses sends out the spies and he says that uh, the people who dwell in it, are. we want to know if they're strong or weak. He wanted to know. He wanted to know. He wanted us to assess. It's okay to assess the situation. It's okay to look and, and discern what's happening because then you know how to, how to fight. Then you know where to, to bring the heat. You know where to bring the firepower. You know where to bring the prayer. And prayer is going to shake. And, and there's people I know. It was funny. I watched people, person after person, ask Jeremy, how do I do this? How do I do that? And, and bro, he's like, bro, you just, he said, he's like, just pray in tongues. Because we're looking for a, a one-word answer from a man who's been walking in something for 25 years. And for everyone in this place, you're about to walk in something that God's been prepping you for. It's just a matter of now you're in the time where God's saying, go, just go. Just go do that thing. Just begin to step into that thing and begin to pray. You, you have to pray in the spirit. You have to be a, a man and a woman of burning, fiery prayer. And so that's why Caleb and Joshua, Caleb, speaking of like the biting dog, doesn't let go. Kind of like Joe's not in the room, but kind of like that. Like he will not quit. You don't, you know, he doesn't forget one thing and he'll keep on and keep on and keep on. Hi. <laughs> and, then the, and then the Joshua generation that stayed in the presence of the Lord while Moses left the tent. And so, but he is not like, he's not like Moses. He's not the priest that goes before the Lord and says, wait, wait. Lord says, go get him. And he goes. And he takes the sword. And he begins to fight and work his way. And we know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in the pulling down of strongholds. So we have to live from that place knowing that I can't go take care of the government by taking up arms. <laughs> I got to hit it by the spirit. And the way we, way we do that is you, you, you bring the kingdom into the earth and you begin to move in the kingdom in the earth and you begin to prophesy to the winds and begin to prophesy to the four winds of the earth that God would begin to change and shift things in the atmosphere and he is he is and he will and he he will continue to do so as we continue to burn for him as we continue to light within what's inside of us because don't go to sleep it's not time to go to sleep it's not time to ease back and I believe that there's there's powerful powerful deliverance coming to the church yeah, it's coming to the church first, and then it's going to be released into the atmosphere, into the world, because we have to be those that see the, come on, God's saying, what does it look like? 
What you can you can look and you can span and you can uh, begin to assess what it looks like outside. But God's saying, "Listen, I want you to come back with the report. I want you to see, yeah, there's dangerous things, but then the, look at the fruit of the land." And so the fruit of the land should make it worth it for you. Because if you continually look at the giants, you won't go for the fruit. You forget about the fruit. Because there's key things here that he, that he begins to say. So Caleb had to shut, tell everyone to shut up. Everyone just shut it down. Verse 30, he quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up once again and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. And God has given us, listen, this country was not birthed out of some, you know, secret society. I'm sorry. It was birthed out of the gospel. And listen, there's things that we, that America has done that it has to repent for and has continued to repent for. There are things, and it's a, there's, there, there's been some messy history, no doubt. But I'm saying to you today that God is able to redeem all of that and to bring the light of the gospel back and let the lampstand of America burn bright. And so here in New England, we just do our part, right? That's why the keys. I'm like, we were talking and we were dreaming about the keys. I found out who had the main key, right? I want to know who has the New Hampshire key. I want to know who has the Vermont key. I want them all in one room. And I want to pray that God will begin to ignite. Because if you're just sitting with a key, these keys do me no good if I don't know what they go to. I've said this before. God's given us keys to open up. But if I don't know what it goes to, see, it's worth it all. It's not like when you go to a restaurant <laughs> and you're expecting a glorious meal, glamorous meal, unlike the paella. The paella was off the charts. <laughs> but I've gone to rest. How many have gone to a restaurant and you're like, oh, wow, that looks really good? And then it gets in front of you and you're like, that wasn't worth it. Can I tell you what God has for us to dine? Like the dining room key, you will be satisfied. Yeah. The table that He set before you, you will be satisfied. But it's, it's a matter of us coming together. And I'm telling you, that thing is on fire and it's burning. And, and I, always, I would always see, I would always see scrolls coming up over people. And, and we do have our singular, we do have our, 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 our calls individually. Amen? But from what I saw the other night, it was uh, just massive. And it was, it would just never ending and it was eternal and the angel just rolled it into the place it was like it was like I was bowling trying to knock out the psychics last week or whatever it was across the street still get him God love bombs boom come on mess up all that stuff so it has to take a changing of the mind verse 33 Verse 27 actually says, we went to the land. I'll jump down to 33 in a second. It says, we went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with what? Milk and honey. And this is its fruit. And nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Come on, bigger place for us to live. Oh, you didn't hear me. 
if we take over the mountains that God's called us to take over, we get a lot more room and it's not as cramped and we, we don't have this low-level living. We begin to live in an expanded place. And it doesn't mean we're using the same means that they used before, but God's moving us into a place, into a realm where things are expanded and God is using the kingdom of God and the church <laughs> and the church to do his bidding in the earth. I just want you to jump down to 33 because it says, And there we saw giants, the descendants of Anak, Anak come from, from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Don't say in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. And I just want you to think, there's a forerunner generation because I think of this and I parallel it to John the Baptist because there is a prophetic generation that's rising up even now, even in this place and there's a prophetic generation that is, has the spirit of Elijah on them, right? It's like John the Baptist, but we're the next generation. And, and it's not just falling on one ministry. It's falling on many ministries. And what does that, what does that, what does that entail? It entails that we don't see ourselves like grasshoppers. No, John the Baptist used to eat locusts, and that's just like a grasshopper. So I just see he just eats that mindset that we're, we're just little in our own sight, and we can't do it. And no, no, he puts a little honey on it and he takes it because he's, he's reminded of the, of, the, of the fruit of the land, but then he looks at the mindset of, of the church and he just begins to chew on it and says, come on, I'm going to prophesy to the four winds of the earth. And that's what you're called to do. And that's what every person in this room is called to in this hour as we stand before the Lord. Can I say we stand before the Lord? It's not about performance. It's not about doing something that we haven't done before. It's about not about doing the crazy and, and trying to be off like way out there with our theology or something crazy but the love of God comes into a place and we as like the tonight tonight we did just we we worship the king of glory we just worship the king of glory and I believe that as we continue in this place and I believe as the Holy Spirit continues to overshadow us and and he begins to uh, overtake us in in new new ways everyone say in new ways Come on, they, we're not going to rise up against the leaders. We're not going to rise up against... God wants, to, God wants to come in, and he wants to set everything in order. And this isn't honking on the leader train. I'm just telling you, God has order. We want, we want, to, see, uh, we want to say, God, I want to submit to you 100%. And yet we're, we're rebellious in our hearts towards other things. And I'm not even, there's no rebellion in here towards me. I'm not even de dealing with, but I see it all over the body of Christ. Like hurt and broken people. And they think they're, oh no, I'm submitted to God. Are you? You have no authority in your life. There's nothing covering. And the spirit of God wants to enlighten and put, a, put, the, put the presence of who he is on your life. But you won't submit to anything else. And that's not some weird stuff. I don't, I don't feel like, I just feel like there's, there's, God has order, ready? Satan has order. There's a satanic order. And then God has his order. And so we see this whole thing coming up. And, and they began to rebel against Moses. And then Joshua and Caleb began to repent. And he said, do not rebel against the Lord. Because the, Moses was like, don't do what you're saying you're going to do. Because he was like, I'm going to wipe everyone out. 
And does Jesus do that today? Absolutely not. But the power of who God wants you to be and created you to be, that he created you to be a giant killer. He created you to break through and break into new realms that, he's, that you've not seen before. And that means your heart is not divided. Because what happens is leaders can't even live with leaders. Leaders can't even get along with leaders. It's messed up. And we're expecting to take the land. And God's saying, no, come into a place of alignment with, with me. And I tell you, if we submit ourselves completely to God, we'll submit ourselves to everybody and everything. I'm telling you, I really feel like that is if we're truly submitted to God. If we're truly given over to the Lord. That we will begin to submit to one another in such a way that there will be such brotherly love, such uh, love among the body that it begins to just flow in and out. And, and no one has one certain agenda because they, they want to try and take over the show. It was interesting. We went to go, to go minister with a, a really new friend of mine. And I, I feel like I, I have his heart now because he's like, dude, don't come and try and take over my tent. He didn't say it like that. But I could get the underlying score about it. And I said, bro, I just come to serve. We just come to serve. And then he's like, you are the real deal. We love you guys. And so I just feel like, come on, you want honey on your lips? You want honey on your heart? Oh, this can't be bitterness because God wants to break open and, and, and ooze and flow in the love of God off of your life. If I'm, if I'm harsh, if, I'm un, if, I'm un, if I can't control myself, if I can't uh, render my heart before the Lord and keep my, my temper intact. I don't know why I'm going there. And be unforgiving. God just wants to put sob. He wants to put the honey of his life on our life. So it says this, verse 7, chapter 14, says that they tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, Come on, it's not a question today. The Lord delights in us. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. That's a good word. Nor fear the people of the land. And come on, somebody. We can't fear. I'm saying this because... You have to be more radical, and you have to post up and become righteous in the sight of the wicked. And don't be pushed around by wickedness. And don't be influenced by wickedness. And don't be influenced by the world that's trying to pull us into their current of, of, of spewage. It's septic. And the Holy Spirit is saying, come out from among them. No, you're going to come back in and you're going to be pure and holy. You're going to be undivided in your heart. And you're going to walk in holiness. And you're going to walk in unforgiveness. And you're going to walk in all these. We have all kinds of reasons to be bitter and, and, and upset. Come on, it's, about the, it's the same thing about don't whine about everything. 
I know the nation's in a mess, but we need to pray and we need to believe and we need to be a voice. You need to be a mouthpiece, not an obnoxious mouthpiece. Come on, just be a mouthpiece of righteousness. And says, only do not rebel against the Lord, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. <laughs> Come on. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Do you understand what, do you understand the words of Joshua in those moments? The words of Joshua is like, if we ain't going in now, we're going in. But mark my words, we're going in. And they are what? Bread for us. And God wants you to see that the unrighteousness in the earth, you're going <laughs> to... <laughs> you're going to be used by the Holy Spirit to bring to all righteousness, to bring into the place of his presence. And God wants to use you as a lifeline to bring them in to the covenant and to bring them in to communion and to bring them in to salvation and to bring them in to deliverance and to bring them into healing and to bring them in to all, all of what their inheritance is. Because the inheritance isn't just yours. The inheritance is those who know the Lord. Those who say to the Lord, what must I do to be saved? And so you have to get your eyes off of yourself. And say, like Jesus, the harvest is full. The harvest is already here. If it was here 2,020 years ago, it's here now. And all the congregations said to stone them with stones. Come on, these are people that were following God. And they're picking up stones. And then it says, now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. What do you think happened then? Drop your stones. We're not going to pick up stones to cast them at our brothers. We're not going to pick up stones to cast them at the world. We're not going to pick up stones to cast them at anyone. God's called us to be a people that walk in our inheritance, that see the mountain as Caleb did and say, give me my mountain. Give me the place of my inheritance. The Holy Spirit's coming in this hour to align us with that. Get your eyes off of yourself. Get your eyes on the harvest. Get your eyes first on Jesus. And he'll bring us into the place we need to be. I'm looking for the glory to show up in the tabernacle i'm looking for the glory to show up in this tabernacle i'm looking for the glory to come unprecedented in this day it says the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former i'm telling you the glory of god is coming in this hour if we would just get away from self inward thinking and begin to open our eyes up to the hills where our help comes from i'm telling you the holy spirit is coming in this hour and so I'm, let's stand. Come on.
Just begin to pray. Just help me a bit. Come on, pray like your inheritance is like right at the door. Begin to pray like... Like the glory of the Lord's about to come to this temple in such a way. Begin to pray like his hands coming in, in such a strong way. I believe also what Aaron had, had, had spoken over, that the, the might of God is about to hit the church. It's already hitting the church. The might of God is hitting the church. The might, that means the strength of God, and it comes with the wisdom and counsel of heaven. And so we thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We're believing, Father, tonight, tonight, even for our inheritance. And I just encourage you, quick, just come forward. We're just going to step into the inheritance. Because if it, I, I just see it again tonight. I just see that same scroll that went down the aisle, crossed the altars. And I believe that the fire of the Spirit of God is about to bring us into this in fullness and there's nothing, nothing that can stop it. The only thing that can stop it is you. The only thing that can stand back and stand away from it is you. The only place that we, we can't touch is what we don't pick up. And God wants us to pick it up today. He wants us to step into it today. And so, Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Father, for, your, for hearts that are undivided. We thank you for hearts that are completely submitted once again. And Lord, I thank you for every promise that's on this scroll that's in unity, God. It's, it's flowing together. It's, it's one word for one generation that's put together. That's tapestry. It's a tapestry that's been put together. And so we unlock what's already been unlocked. Father, we unlock. We step in past the door and we step in and through to what you're going to do in this hour. And God, I just thank you that you're releasing healing power in this day. Things we haven't seen before. God, miracles that are flying, that are going to go off the charts and the, and the signs and wonders and miracles that are just inside of a generation being released for your glory and for your harvest, God. We thank you, Lord of, Lord of the harvest, that you're, you are the Lord of the breakthrough. And tonight we thank you for breakthrough in this place. We thank you for opening prison doors. We thank you for setting captives free. We thank you for moving us from glory to glory. And we step into a realm. We step into a realm right now. We step into that realm right now. And we don't leave that realm. We don't go any other place. We go into the realm and we stay there. We go into the realm and we, behave, we just become what we've been called to. We just begin, we begin to become what we've been called to. And so we, we eradicate every thought that's contrary to that tonight. We break out and break through.
So here's what I see again tonight. I just see it. I see that the scrolls gone from down the aisle to across the aisle like this. I see the words over everyone, over everyone in this place. So as I felt like, I felt like the Lord was saying, just get up and grab it and take it in. Just reach up and grab it and take it. We're taking it by faith. As Lee's already said this earlier, we're taking things by faith. We're just grabbing it and we're just making a declaration. Lord, I receive. Lord, I take it. Lord, we take all of it. We don't leave anything in this place. We don't leave anything in this place tonight. We take everything that's been given to us. I thank you for full rights. I thank you for full rights. Tell him that. I thank you for full rights to my inheritance. And I'm going to walk in it. I desire to walk in it. And I will. It shall be. Every giant is bread. Come on. Every giant is bread. Say it again. Every giant is bread. I don't care if it's a health issue. I don't care if it's a mental issue. Every giant is bread. We eat the problems like giants. We eat the issues like giants.